subset of what's been happening in the Antioch movement at, at large, and that God is calling us again back to learn, back to be little children, be disciples. Lord Jesus teaches how to pray. And that's where we begin. That's the middle. That's the end. It's every part of our life and our relationship with God as we grow in communication, having ears to hear what he's saying, having eyes to see what he's doing. That's all out of this relationship. It's not this separate performance that we have. We do something for God, and then he kind of drops a little gumball out of the machine, and then we go do something for God. No, it's, this is a relationship. It's out of, out of intimacy. It's out of love and affection. That we, we just are, it's the most delightful thing in my life to really hear God's voice and obey him. So that's what we're doing. I'm Mark Buckner, by the way. I hang out here on a regular basis. I give leadership to this congregation, and it's, it's, a, it's a precious, precious thing to be with you. So what we're going to do today in this series on prayer is we're going to dive into another tool. So uh, over the course of the last few weeks, we've had a number of different experiences, learning with Phil, teach, uh, how to pray God's Word. We had a time of worship and prayer. We've had different experiences in praying through the Lord's Prayer. This is what I have today is something that I, I copied from a guy named Mike Bickle in 1988. It was not a message that he had. It was just this kind of this pamphlet in this uh, place that used to be a, a roller rink in Kansas City. And uh, I picked it up. It said seven devotional prayers. And I thought, you know, I respect this man's prayer life. I really uh, see the presence of God in the place that I was in at that point in time. So I grabbed it, and I've used it for 28 years. And it's become a part of my being. It's become a part of my values. It's become a part of my conversation. And, and what this is, is uh, the biggest grid that I could wrap my arms around. It's like I Instead of just going down one track of the character of God or one track of his, the work of the, the Holy Spirit, uh, I'm, I'm trying to I throw a rope around. Uh, it's like Spider-Man in some, you know, it's like here's a, you tie, he spins web over there and web over there, web over there, and then he hangs on to all of it at the same time so that the train doesn't go off the track, serve the world is saved in some way. But all of those different strings of prayers that I'm going to be talking about today put huge tension on my life. And it, it, it really, you know, uh, makes me feel weak at times when I pray these things. It's very humbling. And it's, it's also something that cuts down into my ideals and my values. When I'm praying these things, I can see places where my life doesn't exactly line up. And so my response to that tension is not, I'm going to try harder. It's, help me, Jesus. I agree with your word. I agree with what you're saying. Work it in me. And I, all I have to do is hang on. Lord, in the midst of all these tensions, do this work in my life. And uh, so this is also in context, and I, I've got some outlines that I can handout later. You're going to be going through the points with me uh, in, uh, that are going to be projected up behind me in, in just a moment. 
But uh, it's this little pamphlet, just two pages, front and back. It's a bunch of scriptures. And uh, the front says, Scriptures to Guide Our Prayers for Holiness. So the last week of June, I prayed about these five points of holiness, that we would be perfect, mature, pure, whole, and uh, full of God's presence, that we would be holy. That is, is the balance. Anytime we want to get off, want, we contend to get off into a lot of different areas in our life, and that's okay, too. I think that the Holy Spirit, we're never really in balance. A lot of times uh, people say, but that's not in balance, that's not in balance. Well, you're never really in balance, even physically. If you're standing still, there's all these muscles that are saying, go back, go forward, go to the side. And as we, spiritually, the Holy Spirit, really, we can't contain all of this happening in our lives at one point in time. We learn about this, and we learn about this, and we learn about this, and we're in seasons in each one of our lives. So all of these points that I'm talking about today are examples of seasons in my life that the Holy Spirit has brought me through. So what are we talking about? We're talking about the fear of the Lord, the spirit of wisdom and revelation, self-control, control over my tongue. That's a big prayer in my life. Number four, anointing and grace in prayer. Number five, love and humility. They're, they're completely tied together, humility and love. And number six, we move into the manifestation, power, conviction, the uh, supernatural work of the Holy Spirit. And number seven is perseverance under persecution, or really endurance in our lives. So what I'm going to do is uh, put your little seatbelts on right now. I'm just going to blast. I'm going to kind of go quickly here. So I'm, and it's, it's going to feel, for some of you, it's going to feel like a hammer. Bam! Bam! There's a lot of strong words that are going to happen. So, you know, this is summer. You're going out to the beach. You know, we're relaxing here. And all of a sudden, this guy just goes, wham! He's making us work this morning. I was coming to church to relax. Just Holy Spirit, give me some massages, you know, let me feel good. And all of a sudden, here we go. So I'm calling you to stretch just a little bit, okay? A couple of deep cleansing breaths, kind of get the kinks out of your neck. We're going to dive in. And the way this is going to work is I'm going to hit a point, and then I'm going to explain it a little bit, and then I'm going to pray. And I'm just going to walk through it like that. And, and it, to some degree, what I'm trying to do is give you an example of the breadth of this spectrum in a short period of time. And each one of these points really could be an entire series of sermons. The fear of the Lord, the spirit of wisdom and revelation, understanding self-control, control over your thought lives. You know, that's, that's a conference. That's hours and hours. And I'm just trying to give you spots and scriptures that you can tie into and you can ask for that in your own life. Okay? Ready? Let's do it. All right. The fear of the Lord is a beautiful thing. And the fear of the Lord is one of the things that, that captured my imagination uh, many years ago because I was in a Southern Baptist church growing up, 
And there was a lot of different things that we did to try to have sin management in our lives. You know, you're managing your own sin and other people's sin, so you scare them. It's like, you could go to hell if you do this. Don't do that. And this whole process of rejection and fear is really short-term cotton candy motivation. It's something ultimately that you will reject. You'll say, I'm tired of trying to be afraid of you in that way. The fear of the Lord is not that kind of fear. The fear of the Lord is not the fear of rejection. The fear of the Lord is the fear of a nuclear weapon. It's the fear of something. You imagine being one of these guys in a silo, and there's this big red button in front of you, and you're waiting for the president to call. You think, if I touch that button, a million people are going to die. Fear of the Lord is this awareness of the awesome power of God. And I, I do have to say, it is fear. You know, a lot of times we, people say, oh, the fear of the Lord is just the awe and reverence of God. I'm going to tell you, it's fear. It's like, He is so powerful. It's, God is more powerful than a bazillion suns and a bazillion solar systems. He holds the universe everything in existence in his hand like a jewel. He's awesome and full of power. He created you in everything that's ever existed. He's beyond time. That awe creates in us real perspective of what is right and wrong, what is good and bad. The fear of the Lord is the hatred of evil. So I, I like to say it like this. So that's the Scripture in Proverbs eight thirteen. The fear of the Lord is the hatred of evil. And then it goes on to say that uh, the, the fear of the Lord is to hate, pride, arrogance, and every evil thing. So the fear of the Lord is to love what God loves and to hate what God hates. It's actually to be full of His desire. So much so that you fear nothing and no one else. The fear of God causes you to have accurate perspective. And also, the fear of the Lord breaks lesser attachments. All of these little flimsy things that are clawing on you all day in your imagination, the fear of the Lord breaks those things. In Psalm 86, 11, Teach me your way, O Lord, and I'll walk in your truth. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. So all of the, the places where our heart's divided is where you've just attached affection on it. You've been, been on whatever website and you've just been dreaming and dreaming about this thing, or you've been attached to a person possibly in an unhealthy way. There's lots of healthy attachments that we need to learn in our lives, but there are th- places where we have unhealthy attachment. The fear of the Lord is like, I take all of those things back, Lord, and I lay them at your feet. You are the one that I value. So here's my prayer. Lord, fill me, fill us with the awe and fear of you so that I fear nothing and no one else. Fill me with your heart so that I love what you love and hate what you hate. 
God, fill me with your thoughts, feelings, and emotions. Your burdens, I welcome. Your passions, I welcome. May I be marked in history among those who have feared your name. Spirit of wisdom and revelation. So this is, Jesus is going around all the time saying, do you have eyes to hear? Do you have ears, eyes to hear? That was a real miracle, eyes that hear. You have eyes that see, ears that hear. He was talking to people all around him all the time, and they knew it. It was just going right past him. But he said, there, there is an awareness. There, I will give you eyes to see. I will give you ears to hear. I will give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation if you ask for it. Now, when I was a little kid, somewhere maybe in my teenage years, I read James chapter 1, said if we ask for wisdom, he'd give it liberally. He'd give it abundantly. And I, I don't know what that was, but I thought free, cool, abundant, awesome. You know, I just, it was one of the first promises I attached to. If I ask for wisdom, I get a bunch of it. So I began doing that. Lord, give me your wisdom. I want your wisdom. And the wisdom is knowing not just the right thing, but it's the right way at the right timing. It's apples of gold and settings of silver. It's something precious. It's, this, it's the right thing done in the right way and the right timing. And I have also put on there in the right network of relationships, understanding all the gifts of that. That's wisdom. Walking through life, knowing, saying things at the right time, in the right way, in the right connection, and our actions being all those things. So, wisdom pushes us beyond simple arguments in our relationships into deeper experiences. And revelation is the beginning of having your eyes and ears open in the spirit realm. Jesus said we had to have this in order to even communicate with him. So, without revelation, your time in the Word is worthless. You're just reading a book. But if you ask, Lord, reveal your Word. Give me eyes to see. I want to hear what's happening here. He'll start talking to you. You ever had that phrase like, it was like the words jumped off the page. Lord, let that happen every single time we open your word. It would be a conversation, direct impact into my life. You're talking to me, and I'm hearing it. I'm getting it. It's alive. It's not just information. It's living words. Revelation is what brings the clarity for us to see into who God is, his character. So I'm going to pray. Again, one of my favorite prayers. Got lots of favorite prayers. But, and this is not just about reading the Bible. This is about your relationships. Oh, my gosh, I've got four children. They're getting married now. I'm about to, you know, it's, it, life is getting crazy. Lord, give me wisdom and revelation in my marriage. Give me wisdom and re- revelation with my relationship with my children. Give me wisdom and revelation in everyone that I relate to. So in my relationships and in ministry, Lord, I want to be walking out of revelation. Every step that I take, every word that I speak, pour this over my life. So we ask, Lord, that you would fill us with the knowledge of your will. 
You would give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation that we would know you better. Enlighten the eyes of our hearts that we would know the hope of your calling, the glorious riches of your inheritance in the saints, and the surpassing greatness of your power toward us who believe. Number three, control over our tongues and thought lives. Anybody ever, how often, how, how many days go by that you don't say, I wish I could take that back? Lord, give us control over our tongues. I remember someone a number of years said ago, uh, I heard this marriage conference comment. They said, you know, a good marriage is often determined by the number of things that you don't say in a day. You know, you just say, nope, you let that one go. You just you want to go, no. I'm not defending myself. I know the right answer. Ooh, mm, no. Self-control. Hallelujah. Now, because you're breathing, because you're human beings, because I can see many of your eyes blinking, I know you have a problem. It's your thought lives. It's where sin is conceived in your imagination, and it grows out and it becomes action. And if you spend all your life just dealing with the fruit of sin in your life, you ain't going to get nowhere. You have to go back into your imagination. You have to go into your thought lives. So, Holy Spirit, give us that, the spirit of self-control. And it's interesting. Your tongues and your eyes and your imagination are all linked together. So, it works like this. A loose tongue equals a lack of self-control. A lack of control... It, a lack of control, it equals a lack of control in your thought life, and a lack of control in your thought life equals an inability to do the will of God. It's, it's connected to your will. Now, you need a strong will. So, all of you parents with three years old, yes, they're screaming, they're fighting. God gave them a strong will. That means they're not going to... It's going to be awesome. When they get into their 20s, they're going to say, no! And you want to be able to do that. It's awesome. And they're going to say, yes! To God's purposes as it's built into their life. So, self-control and discipline are also connected to your willingness to receive correction. Your, your, this control over this tongue right here is also very connected to how open you are to a friend saying, you know what, that was, that was not good. That was a bad attitude. What you said there, that hurt them. So that's what we're asking for. We're asking for truth. We're asking for discipline. We're asking for self-control. We're asking for strong, purposeful wills to pursue God. So, Psalm 141, 3 through 5. 
Oh, have mercy, O God. Set a guard over our mouths, O Lord. Keep watch over the door of our lips. Let our hearts not be drawn to what is evil, to take part in wicked deeds with men who are evildoers. Let us not eat of their delicacies. Let a righteous man strike me. It is a kindness. Let him rebuke me. It is oil on my head. So this is a prayer. Lord, let the rebukes come that are full of grace. Everybody get excited about this. I want truth. I want to be rebuked on a regular basis. Amen, Jesus. Let it affect my imagination. Let it affect control over my tongue, that my tongue has life and not death in it. All right. Number four, spirit of prayer and supplication. Now, I have to tell you, I don't get around to this list every day. Sometimes I'm just holding on to one of these things, and I'm just going, ugh. Lord, I need that so much. And some days I go, bam, 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 bam. Go through the whole thing. So, in John chapter 15, Jesus calls us to abide in him. Now, that means 24 7, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 52 weeks a year. Living and walking, aware of God's presence and interacting with Him. Now, there are people over the course of history who've really pressed into abiding in significant ways. A guy named Frank Laubach, who was a, a missionary in the Philippines, uh, um, has an amazing book on this, and I'm, I'm forgetting about the, the cook, the, the Catholic priest, Brother Lawrence, You know, awesome things that motivate us to walking constantly in the presence of God. But I want you to take a step and just learn how to... So that's that's the ideal. That's what we're heading toward. But we're asking, Lord, give me the grace to seek you when I get out of bed in the morning. Give me prayers. I ask for your anointing, your supernatural power to draw me into conversation with you. Give me discernment and awareness so that I can, I can move more and more, more and more of the, the 100% of my day. Lord, get me from 5 to 6%. Get me to 1%, Lord. I want to walk in interaction and relationship with you. And also this prayer and supplication is intercession. I'm, when I'm asking for this, I'm signing up to be on Holy Spirit 911. Is there an emergency somewhere in the world that you want me to invest in in prayer? Call me, Lord. Put the burden, even if I don't understand what it is, I want to be involved in intercession. I want a life that is responsive to what you're doing in the world when you're calling people to intercede for a specific thing. And it's not coming through Facebook or the Internet. It's you, Spirit of God, putting a burden in my life and and giving me targets in prayer. I want the spirit of prayer and supplication on my life. So here's how I'll ask for it. Holy Spirit, pour out fresh power and ability for prayer on all of our lives. Give us fresh grace every day to get out of bed and seek you with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Put your burdens and discernment in us in order to enter into spiritual warfare on behalf of others who need you, and they don't know how to ask or have the ability to ask. Give us fresh desire every day to seek you, Lord. Amen? 
Love and humility. Feeling stretched, anyone? We're asking. We're not just asking for short-term needs right now. I'm not, I'm not putting in front of you, like, uh, yes, there are things that, that, that are right in front of you and you need to ask for, and this is part of a relationship with God. What I'm doing today is I'm asking you to begin building a soul over the course of your life. These seven things for me, I've evaluated and evaluated, and I keep thinking, is there another? Should I substitute something out? I, I don't, you know, I don't have 40 points on this. It's something that is focused in my life. But I've been asking this, like I said, since 1988. Again, and again, and again. I'm building a soul. I'm building in, inside of me what is my greatest value, what is my greatest desire, what it is that I'm trying to be become and asking for God to do that. And I believe I'm asking the will of God. And he said, if I ask according to your will, he'd do it. He said, if I ask in the name of Jesus, he would do it. He said, if I ask in agreement with you, he would do it. So I believe he's doing these things in my life. He's giving me revelation, the fear of the Lord, self-control. Love and humility. Pride is not thinking too much of yourself. Pride is thinking about yourself too much. It's you being the center of your existence. It's you being the middle of all of your thoughts. And humility is putting other people in the center. Humility is, is allowing, uh, getting enough freedom in your life that you're aware of the person sitting across the table from you. And you're not thinking about the, your next thing you're going to say. You're not thinking about what they think about you. You're just thinking about them. That's what humility is. Humility is also seeing yourself like God sees you. No more, no less. It's not humility to say, I am terrible, and run yourself down and bring up all the bad things in your life and everything you've done wrong in the last 24 hours last three, four decades of your life, that's not humility. Humility is seeing who God has made you in His image. So it's an accurate perspective. Humility is, is that accurate view of yourself before God, an accurate view of others. Now, love is a basic and deep, generous attitude and action that wants the best for others. When we love, we are being like God who loves. So, got a couple of prayers for you. In Philippians chapter 2, Paul is saying, this is what makes him happy. He said, make my joy complete. By being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose, do nothing. So, Lord, we want, we choose, we say yes to you and no to selfish ambition and vain conceit. But in humility, we say yes to considering others, putting them above ourselves, and not devaluing ourselves and degrading ourselves, 
but having so much value in us that it pours out in giving honor to others. And we don't look just to our own interests. We are thinking about every person we come in contact with, Lord. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it's a pretty big target if we're going to ask about love, but there's many other scriptures we could pray, but I'll just pray this one. Lord, I thank you. Build in me your love that is patient, that is kind, that is not envy. It doesn't boast. It's not proud. Build in me, Lord, something that is not rude, not self-seeking, not easily angered. Lord, I thank you for love actually gives me power over anger and frustration and envy in my life. Thank you. Fill me with this love, Lord. And, that's, and I, Lord, I just thank you. You build a love in me that does not keep a record of wrongs, that releases them, lets them go, keeps short accounts. And I don't delight in evil, but rejoice with the truth. And I thank you for this love building in me, Lord, your love working through me that always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres, that is so faithful. All right. Number six. Now, I, I have to say, from 19 to t- about 25, this is the majority of my prayer life. I want to see miracles happen. I want to see the supernatural stuff. And it's partially because I grew up in a church that didn't even believe this stuff was happening. And so I was a huge drought in my life. It's like, oh my gosh, the book of Acts is in the Bible. It's real. I want this stuff. But I believe if we put this in front of character, you're in for big problems. I've just seen that happen way too many times in my life. People that overfocus on the power, overfocus on the manifestations, and don't focus on the, on the character, I, I got a lot of stories to tell you, and they're very sad and painful because the power is awesome but it comes in weak vessels. And we just have to know that we're just flesh. We are, we are tender. I'm not saying that means we have a propensity to sin. I'm, we, are, we are given to righteousness, but we're weak. And we, so when I'm praying for power, I have to detach that from I'm trying to get a wow. I have to detach that from I'm trying to get some spiritual points somewhere. And again, this is totally tied into love and humility, right? But I love to pray this stuff too. Lord, miracles. When your word comes, let it come with deep conviction. When I speak, I don't want people to go, meh. I want them to go, that was the word of God. That cut me all the way to the bone. It's going to take me a couple of weeks to recover from that. Deep conviction. And manifest yourself, Holy Spirit. I want gifts of wisdom, words of knowledge, prophetic words. Lord, let the miraculous happen. Or do, do whatever you want to do. Uh, do crazy stuff, Lord. Do what Jesus did. We want the blind to see. <laughs> we want deaf to hear. And, you know, every time that stuff happens, in my experience, people get the fear of the Lord. It feeds back in. Point number one. God, you're awesome. This is amazing. We want that. We want people. I wonder what it would be like in Boston if we didn't operate according 
to knowledge primarily, but rather according to the power of God. We didn't spend our times arguing head to head. We said, let the God who answers with fire be the one that's true. Lord, I, we need to answer questions. That's a part of who we are. That's a part of our being. We need to, to understand the, the theological aspects of everything that we're, we're living out. But there's something more than knowledge, and that's love. There's something more than knowledge, and that is God's power and ability that blasts our understanding totally out of the water. So, and I've kind of been going back and forth in this whole thing, but Holy Spirit, we welcome your power. I ask for zero resistance to the work of the Holy Spirit in this room. That if you can get a bigger pipe to pour out your power and manifestations, Holy Spirit, do it. Let us be magnets for the presence and power and manifestations of God. Do anything you want, Lord. Lord, I pray for every miracle that's happened in the Bible to be happening in my life, in our lives. Lord, turn water into wine. Do whatever you want. Lord, overcome, suspend the laws of physics, Lord. Do amazing things among us that give us an awe of God. Number seven, boldness and joy in persecution. Now, I've had the distinct privilege of walking with people that have had very terrible things happen to them, that have uh, had their homes burned down, have been, uh, had their lives threatened, they've, they've been chased out of town, that, and this is most of my experience in, in other cultures. But uh, it, there is not, there's no deeper joy than walking with people that have been through that. Because, like, when they say, I'm so happy in God's presence, and you go, whoa. They're not just getting goosebumps. They have something happening, a joy that's happening in them that completely overrides their circumstances. That is awesome. And let me say also to every one of you, so I, I, you know, I, I, strength, producing greater levels of strength requires stress. Now, I, I, uh, I know so little about this that I, I don't dare go out there very far and do illustrations. But I know that in your spiritual life and in your soul, in order to have significant, meaningful growth, you've got to stretch. You've got to take on risks. You've got to get into a place that causes uh, stress. <laughs> and this, isn't, this is true in your physical muscles, I believe, but it's also very, very true spiritually for us. And Jesus said, John 16, in this world you will have trouble. That's also um, one of those great promises on your refrigerator, you know, every morning you wake up, trouble, awesome, gotta have some trouble today. But take heart, I have overcome the world. 
You're going to see some trouble. You're going to see bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger problems solved by the person and the power of Jesus in and through your lives. So, that's that's how we pray. Lord Jesus, I say yes to your courage in the face of difficulty. Acts 4, Lord, consider their threats. Enable your servant to speak your word with great boldness. Lord, whenever we're intimidated, we ask for a boldness that is not just part of our personality. It's not a boldness that's coming out of anger. We ask for a boldness that's a deep confidence and that you would stretch out your hand and perform miraculous signs and wonders. Lord, give us, whenever we open your mouth, our mouths, we ask for the gospel to be made known fearlessly. And Lord, we want to know the power of your resurrection and the fellowship of sharing your sufferings and becoming like you in your death. Okay, those are my seven points. Those are our spiritual exercises, and I want you to stand up. Now, we have this in electronic format, but um, I want some of you to come on up here. Yes, the worship team comes back up. And uh, I want to ask you to ask the Lord right now if this is something He wants to add to your prayer equipment. This is something, I, I wear these out, put them in my Bible, I wear them out, and I print another one, and I, I, I typed all this in. I didn't scan it in. This is something that's developed uh, over many, many years. But I want to encourage you to start, go ahead. I, when I started off, I just took someone else's list and plug and play. I want to challenge you to do that, to take this list and, and over the course of months, maybe years, really get your hands around this and then begin to shape it, change it, modify it, make it your words. And I, I just printed out like 40 of them. Number one, I, I, uh, I really don't like seeing this in the trash can, you know. <laughs> but the other thing is I, I just wanted some of you to act and say, I want that. By coming up here and grabbing it. Walking out of your seats, wherever you are, and just come get a copy of this. And saying, I, I choose, I want this. I'm, I, I want more of these things. And uh, uh, we don't really have a dramatic close on the service today. We're going to worship, and I just want you to ask. It may be that you're asking for a specific need that you have that's pressing in your life. Turn to people around you and say, will you agree with me in prayer? I said that earlier. Jesus said, if two of you agree about something in prayer and ask, it shall be done for them. If you're asking according to God's will, according all of these things are God's, God's will, you're asking for it, it'll be done. You're asking in the name of Jesus, it'll be done. So he... We don't have because we do not ask, it says in the book of James. You're not getting some of this stuff because you're not asking.
And some of these things you don't just get, boom. Like, I bind the devil from planet Earth, amen. No. You have to grow these as strength in your life in order to have greater and greater authority and power in these things. So, I want you to just... And hopefully, if one of them stuck in your imagination, or you want to come grab one of these guides, begin asking that. We're going to worship, okay? We're going to just enter time of worship and interact.